powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Brady. I am joined here by my good buddy, uh, Kishore. And uh, on a game where the Jets put in an absolutely pathetic performance against the Edmonton Oilers, this game felt almost a little bit poetic. It felt like there was a a little bit of, um, what's the word? I feel like there was a bit of a display of, you know, one team that decided to, you know, go in and, and make some some key additions at the trade deadline and one team that maybe thought they were better than they were and decided to uh, tinker around the edges. Um, but before we get into anything here, of course, I'm joined by Kishore, but before I even ask him how he's doing, which I'm sure we all know how the answer is going to be, but before that, want to bet, they get in on the action at Sports Interaction. The boys of summer are back on the diamond and March, March Madness is on deck. Bet pregame, live and play are on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn or in Ontario, download the app now using the QR code at the bottom of the screen. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Uh, if you have any issues with playing responsibly, please con- uh, contra- uh, consult the uh, the information in the description of the episode here. Uh, but yeah, let's get into that. Kishore, how are you doing tonight? How, how are you feeling? <laughs> I just I just want to say the last time I was on the show and thank you for having me back again uh, was in mid January when they played the Penguins and they played the, one of their best games of the year and I can say that the Jets haven't played a good game since so at least you and I are trying to do our part to bring some energy to the Jets uh, because no one on the Jets brought any energy tonight. Uh, except Brendan Dillon. Uh, and uh, it was, uh, this game was the perfect encapsulation uh, to this crap sandwich of a trade deadline for the Jets uh, and really caps off pretty much the same vibe around this team for the past four seasons. Um, we got what we deserved tonight. This team got what it deserved. Uh, and, uh, and uh, I think it, we're going to get more of the same the rest of the way. Very, uh, very positive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'll bring some positivity later. But for now, I mean, how do you feel positive um, uh, coming out like that? I mean, we should probably talk about the game before we get yeah. into the meta stuff. Yes, of course. Um, so the mood around this team, not very good coming into this game. I think the fans are a little disappointed. I imagine the room is a little disappointed with the lack of moves coming in, which we'll get to later. Uh, and they came out against the top-rated pen- power play in the league and took four penalties in the first 20 minutes they- uh, and were lucky to escape uh, just down 2-0. Yeah, they uh, they took, t- took 20 minutes in penalties tonight. Um, Kishore, how long is a, is a hockey game? Do you, do you, do you remember how long that is? Uh, I believe it's 60 minutes. It's 60 minutes. Wow. That's incredible. So they spent a third of the game on the penalty. I mean, obviously they weren't on the penalty kill for the entire time because, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, those guys will make sure that your power, their power plays don't need to last that long. But what, what is even going on here? Like I, the, the, my first question, I mean, Penalties aside, I think that's the so, so obvious, and I mean you can touch on that if you'd like. What went wrong here tonight? Like, was it just a bad like off the rip? Like, what do you think, uh, especially was bad from the Jets here tonight? Uh, you know, 
with the penalties, without the penalties in general? Like, what did it seem like there was anything that, um, you know, did it seem like the penalties were like the main thing that caused the Jets issues? Uh, or do you think that, you know, regardless, this was not a game they were winning? I'm usually a stats inclined guy, and I'm, I'm going to quote a couple stats from the games here in a second. But uh, they took a penalty a minute into the game. Uh, and then the Oilers power play didn't leave the zone for almost a full two minutes. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, they, they're down one, nothing at that point, uh, and basically back on their heels. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a few minutes later, you get the four minute, uh, uh, penalty, uh, and you've basically spent six minutes of the first 10 minutes of the game on the penalty kill. Uh, and that. I thought the Jets played really well during that four minute penalty yeah. kill, but that's the story is like, they didn't even have a chance to get started based on the way they came out. Uh, and then a bad giveaway by DeMello. I mean, you can, we can talk about it like the horrendous defensive play before that, uh, that led to uh, the Dugent Hopkins goal. They're two Oh, and they're basically just hanging on for dear life, just to get out of the period two Oh, um, and then uh, it starts the defensive breakdowns. It, it feels like the. I hate to say this because I think it's an overused phrase, but it felt like the Jets quit in the second period. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I 100 percent agree. And, uh, you know, maybe if they got off to a better start, they would have come out harder. They would have been able to mo- maintain momentum. But you can only play back on your heels after uh, against this good of a power play for so long, you're basically gifting Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl more time on the ice mm-hmm. um, where they can just stand around uh, and play at you and just, uh, it wore them down. Um, and uh, frankly, I'm surprised we haven't heard that Connor Hellebuck has requested a trade after what was happening to him out there tonight. I, again, I, and I tweeted this during the game. I, I cannot believe that this man has not requested uh, a trade yet like he has been the backbone of this franchise and the, and and Sheffield Dayoff hasn't put a, a capable team in front of him since 2018 like I I just don't understand how he comes here and constantly gets shelled like at what point do you think he just stands up in the dressing room and goes what the fuck guys like what's going on here the, the, the I think Jets- if we looked at the advanced stats you would see that Connor Hellbuck played a good minute of the game outside of his crease tonight Probably. because of how wi- wildly the Oilers were just passing around the Jets defense and all the defensive breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, not a normal thing to see. Yeah. The, you mentioned the, the Jets quitting on the team and there was one goal. I think it was the fourth goal that Edmonton scored. This was the one I have it just written down here. I apologize for my language. All I wrote notes wise for this goal was clusterfuck because there was a by the time the puck was in the net, so was Carson Kuhlman. Um, there were two guys who who bumped into each other like Looney Tunes style uh, while trying to to block the the what the the shot or whatever. And like, and again, I I am not giving I'm not giving Josh Morrissey shit for this. I don't think that he's the problem. Uh, it's just something I noticed, and you know, he's a part of this team. Uh, on this goal, like he had an opportunity to bust in and and kind of you know strip the oiler uh who had the puck at the blue line he doesn't do that which again i i don't like i do blame him but i'm also like it's not he's not the problem he's not the problem at all um but it just this goal just perfectly encapsulated the like quitting on the game and it leads me to ask like at this point 
can we like can we for sure just go the Jets are a mentally fragile team like they do not have the capability to stay in a game where they if they face any adversity the the game like is gone it's done it's over as soon as the Jets don't score on a power play as soon as the Jets get scored on on a uh, they can't stop a PK as soon as they lose the momentum it's game over and the the only sign of life we saw from the Jets here tonight was after a- Axel Janssen and Fialbi scores a goal to make it what like five one, uh, and then we get this you know kind of you know back and forth. I mean obviously Drysaddle scores almost immediately after that, but um, you know it, I I I just I at this point like is is the fragility of this team seeped in? Like is that do you agree with me that this team is fragile? Like. I, I feel like I, I, I just I can't explain it other than as soon as they face adversity, they crumble. I'm, I'm laughing because your exasperation is the exact mood around this team. If you're a fan, uh, I, I just don't understand it. Um, I, I will kind of turn this around and say, I don't think the Jets are very good. And I think what we got for most of the season was a team playing above themselves uh, where they were scoring at a uh, at a good clip, getting pretty- uh, and they had uh, one of the best goalies in the world playing like it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, those top scorers have stopped producing, uh, and it's all fallen apart. Um, it, it so fragile, sure they're fragile, but they're also just not very good. Uh, and a you know, having one injury with Pierre-Luc Dubois out kind of shows that they really needed to bolster um, things up front for them to to make a move. I kind of expected a not great performance after the trade deadline because they really didn't get any validation from, from their own team and management. But they also just sort of played like a team that doesn't feel like they could... Um, they can compete against uh, actually good teams. Mm-hmm. And what I'm you, not even sure Edmonton's an actually good team. They're just like a playoff team. I uh, I, th- I think they're pretty good, especially with the the addition of Matias Ekholm. I think they're a much better team than they were prior. I, but I, I wouldn't go pretty good. I think they're good um, uh, because I think we there's still problems with their PK. And, um, you know, we don't need to get into Oilers land talk here. I think they have uh, a very similar depth issue as the Jets have. But uh, outside of that, they they just don't have um, uh, the ability to, to score right now. So I don't think they're as bad as we're seeing tonight. I think they're a better team than what we saw tonight. But I don't think they're much better than that. Uh, and uh, what baffles me is... What are we doing with these line combinations? Oh, my God. I was looking in the third period at Connor Shifley Wheeler. It is the year 2023. Why is Connor Shifley Wheeler a line? Um, We Brady and I have been talking about that line for four years needing to be broken up. Um, I looked. They had a expected goal for at 10 percent. 10 percent. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) Just vintage. Yeah. yeah, I, I just I don't I don't get it. And I don't understand how we started this season where Bones was like, I want to put together this, you know, in quotes, super line of having, you know, Shifley, Connor and Ehlers. And then, of course, Ehlers gets hurt. 
But that was the initial plan. Like, I, I understand why, you know, things change. You start to, you know, you, season goes on. You understand your players a bit more. But I just don't understand how we've gotten to this point where Blake Wheeler is playing what? Like, you know, it's it's obviously going to be really skewed tonight because of the penalties. But Blake Wheeler played, you know, 14 minutes. And Nikolai, Nikolai Ehlers didn't even hit 10 minutes on the ice. Like, and, and I get that a lot of that is PK time. But you have to find a way to get this player playing. Him and Nino Niederreiter were one of the were were fantastic were great tonight. Like they were the only two players that it felt like gave a shit. Other than like Morgan Barron was was good. Morgan Barron was you know battling. I would say uh, at least I felt like Brendan Dillon was trying. Of course, and I think he was. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah but, but I agree. But uh, as far as like difference makers, like the it. I think there was at least one shift in the third period where I saw. I don't know if this was just a you know Shifley stayed on late kind of thing, but there was it, it was Shifley with Nino and Ehlers, and I think that that is the right combination that you should be going with. You know why is Blake Blake? I'm sorry, like Blake Wheeler has completely lost a step. Like he is yeah. so slow. He he constantly is doing the you know blind man uh, stick out. You know trying to hook. Uh, a puck when you know you're not moving your feet. Kyle Connor is, you know, he he's great. Like he's a good scorer, but unfortunately, like he's just not putting in the effort. Same thing with even Shifley. Like it feels like every single time I look and see those guys on the ice, they're all waiting for the other two players to do something. N- none of them have the the ability to uh, like actually jump on a puck and battle for it. I I'm sitting here watching the power play. And I'm going, wow, Nino Niederreiter is a uh, is a revelation. You want to know why? It's because he actually moves. And when there's a loose puck, he's like, oh, let me help you with that. Uh, what What is wrong with this team? Like, why is no one willing to put the effort in? I, I just don't understand. I'm, and this isn't, you know, I'm not doing a great hosting job because I'm not really throwing to you with a great question on this. But like, there's no questions. There are no questions here. <laughs> there are only questions. Here. Yeah, there like, there are only what's going on. Yeah, I, I I just I just don't get it. I don't get it. And and you know what? And actually, that kind of brings me to you know our next section section here, where we're going to talk a lot about the trade deadline. Obviously, uh, before or, we get to the trade deadline, can I ask sure. you just one thing that I don't understand that Rick Bonus did? Okay, so Logan Stanley reportedly has requested a trade from the from the team you know we can quibble with the reporting but that's the reporting that was been done yep and he is dressed and playing in the next game what when does that happen like for a a seven he's a six seven d man on this team i'm not even hating on him when does that happen to a team that somebody that far down the roster requests a trade and then is played the next game. I like that feels like it sends the weirdest message to your team. Yeah. I, I, I don't really understand it too, especially when, you know, we had like today we had a bunch of stuff come out from Kevin Jevil day off. And one of the things that he said was he's, you know, Rick bonus is going to dress the lineup that he is most confident in to win. Uh, I'm sorry, but it, either that's a miss, like incorrect, what Kevin Chevel Dayoff did here, because I, we we know that Rick Bonus has leaned on Dylan Sandberg much more than than Logan Stanley. We know that he trusts him a lot less or a lot more to not need to be you know babysat by Dylan DeMello. Um, I 
I just don't I don't get it. And and even it even goes to the like to Stanley's trade request. Like it almost feels like it's like I get it and I understand why he is and and he has all the yeah. right to request for it. But 100%. But, but there, there's it's no after reason. the trade deadline. There's no value in playing him at that point. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. And and we we kind of speculated before to see, you know, when he was playing whatever games we were like, "Oh, maybe they're kind of you know, this is before the report came out. Um, you know, maybe they're just kind of showcasing him. Maybe this and that. Yeah. And then, you know, Rick Bonus comes out and just says, yo, no, I want to get, you know, I just want to make sure that the rotation is there. And Like, literally a guy holds up his hand and is like, I don't want to be here. And you go, okay, you're in. <laughs> it, it boggles my mind. Uh, because I think it goes to the heart of of where we're going in the discussion like talking about the trade deadline. I think the message sent to this team who has been struggling for the last month, you know, they have cap room, which is the number one item that uh, any NHL team is craving at this point. Just look at Kyle Dubas's text. If you want to see how much cap room means to anyone right mm-hmm. now. Um, and we didn't use it. And uh, I thought they were going to come out flat because partially the message that was sent to the team today by the moves that were made. Uh, And then the Logan Stanley stuff on top of that, I'm like, oh, the management is telling them to quit and they kind of quit on them. For sure. And actually, that's that's really interesting because I I do wonder, uh, you know, Kevin Sheveldayoff said that, you know, this week had, you know, this this past two week slide had nothing to do with his, you know, the way he treated the deadline. but I, I just don't understand. Are, are we good? To, are we good to? Get, are, are we past the game? Can we get into the? Okay, I just don't yeah. understand how Kevin Shovel Dayoff looked at this team, and the moves that he made indicated that this team was basically like a Tampa. the The moves that he made, realistically, adding Vladimir Nemestikov, adding Nino Niederreiter, and kind of just sticking with these mostly depth options like I like Nino Niederreiter but on a good team he's a uh, he's the third guy on a second line or a third line player um why did Kevin Shevel Dayoff go out and do these like getting your your Barclay Goudreau's your uh Blake Coleman's and 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 then come out and say you know I have confidence in this team and to, to me that just screams I still think that Blake Wheeler is a top six player I still think that uh, we're totally fine with what's going on here. Uh, I still, I th- like, I, I just don't get how his in his brain after watching for two weeks now, where the Jets have been average. Like, I, I, I'm trying to see if I have my notes actually still. Like, the Jets averaged in the past 13 games have averaged two goals a game, which is in this league now is nowhere near good enough. Um, That's almost the pace Connor McDavid is scoring at yeah. by himself. <laughs> Literally, yes, exactly. Great, great point. Um, I just don't get it. I don't understand how uh, he can look at this team and go, you know, the top six is fine. They'll get their scoring back. Which obviously the Jets are are I like I I think the Jets are a better team than what we've seen as of late. But that doesn't mean that there aren't serious issues with this team. Um, like I, so. Sorry. Yeah. So w- what I'm going to ask you, what I'm going to ask you now is, you know, regardless of contracts, regardless of anything, let's just say that the Jets want to go in or whatever. Uh, they have a good year next year. Can this team win a Stanley Cup 
if Kevin Cheveldayoff is at the helm. If he is looking at this team now and going, I just need to tinker around the edges, is that good enough? Is is that a mentality that is okay to have as a GM? Uh, short answer is no. Uh, I think uh, the Jets have to win around for Cheveldayoff to keep his job. Um, not just, and right now we're trending towards not making the playoffs. I think it's time to fire Chevy. He's had what more than a decade now with this team. Uh, and, uh, we have gotten close once, but really let's just look at the last five years. Uh, we like his only success was in kind of like a fake year, like, you know, in the yeah. COVID year, um, and this team has really been um, a, a struggle since then. Uh, and we haven't seen a, even though we see some bright spots potentially on the horizon with some prospects, we also haven't seen uh, much come out of uh, after their prospect pool in the last five years either. Who can you point to on this roster that was a prospect in 2018 that you say like, oh, you know, good on on Chevy's uh, uh, drafting uh, that got us a team here. Uh, I, I I think I, I'm very much on the it's time to move on train. I'm not even on the angry it's time to fire Chevy train. I'm sort of just resigned to the fate. Uh, I think as long as he's here, uh, we're not going to move on. And I think the most instructive thing that I heard all trade deadline season was when Tampa Bay made a crazy trade, crazy trade uh, for all those picks uh, for uh, why am I forgetting on Tanner? Yeah, Tanner Janot. And you're like, Tanner Janot has like four goals or how many ever he has. this Five five goals and and five goals and five more. And they got six assets for him. He had they got more assets than he had goals on the season. And everyone's like, why are you doing this? And Julian Breezebaugh, you know, one of the three best GMs in the league comes on and he's like and he basically says uh we overvalue draft picks if you're not in the top 15 of the draft those picks don't have as much value as you think scott wheeler wrote on the athletic he tracked every draft pick that was involved in a trade going back four years and how many of them are nhlers and it was one like these picks aren't as valuable as you think and then you look at trade after trade uh a first and two seconds going for jacob jacob chickering we could have made that trade. Yep. The, the it t- didn't move it. Oh, I'll, I'll try and find it here. But the the when the Timo Meyer deal was made, I put out a tweet that just kind of compared the assets that were traded for him. And I think it came out to like the Jets equivalent of it would have been Vili Hanola, Morgan Barron, Mason Appleton, uh, and a first round pick. I think I, if I, I, I might be wrong, but that's about the Jets equivalent to that trade. And oh my God, I would do that trade a million times over. Uh, the Jacob Chikrin one was like the, the it just doesn't make sense because Jacob Chikrin was, is the exact thing that the Jets are, are said to want. He is a puck moving defenseman who has offensive touch. The Jets have done everything to get more out of their defensemen offensively. Um, he's a player with term who's cost controlled. He's young. He is literally the perfect thing for what yeah. Chevy wants to trade for. And he just, he, he put the phone away. Like what? I, I just, I don't get it. And then he comes out when, 
Um, oh, sorry. And another deal, like even just a minor deal that that could have been made today was JVR. Like this was a player that the Jets apparently were connected to. Uh, I know Chevy came out and said, no, everything you see on social media isn't exactly that way. But um, I can't remember who it was, but someone said that Chuck Fletcher came out and said that they didn't get more than a, they didn't even get a fourth round pick offered for him. Like, why are the Jets targeting Vlad Nemesnikov, which again, we, we can talk about that, that addition in a moment if we want. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. But why are they targeting a defensive forward when over the, like the, the, the Jets have been shut out twice or well, no, sorry, never mind. I, I, my brain just considered this a shutout game because all the game, all the goals came out in the end, but the Jets have barely scored and, and especially haven't scored when it actually was meaningful. Um, they, they that's easily that's the issue that's the issue right now is that they are uh, james vans reams diaper oh sorry you cut out there do i got you still kishore hello uh-oh hello i am still here you're still here I, I missed that sorry what was that about jvr uh somebody in the chat was asking who jvr was and jvr is uh a flyers player james van reemsdyke that's james, all i was saying yeah james van reemsdyke he's a bit older but uh kind of plays a a net front style uh which would would very much complement the jets uh and their ability their what their plan is which is you know filter shots through the point um and then just create chaos but anyways that's neither here nor there um <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If, what what do you want to talk about now? Do you want to talk about Vlad Nemesnikov so getting I, more points with Chevy? What what do you feel? I, I will defend Chevy on maybe the Timo Meyer deal in the sense that I think you want to have some like some sense that Timo is going to be willing to negotiate, even if um, he's not willing. Even if uh, you don't know like what number he's going to come in at. You want to know that he's willing to negotiate. And I got the sense that um, from some reporting that Meyer just didn't want to come to Winnipeg. Okay, fine. But that's not true of Chikrin, um, who went to Ottawa. If you're willing to go to Ottawa, you're willing to come to Winnipeg. Let's be honest. Well, he, he, doesn't have, um, he doesn't have a choice. He's on, he's under uh, a deal for the next few years. Yeah. Like that's, it's not, he doesn't have a choice on where he goes. I so. don't think we heard that from JVR. And I'm not saying like, you know, maybe the Chikrin move, uh, move um, moves the needle, why aren't we talking about Eric Carlson coming to the Jets? Why aren't we talking about really big names? Um, because at the end of the day, what I look back at, and there's a bunch of questions in the chat about like the Jets uh, and a franchise player. What it would it take for the Jets to have a franchise player here? We do. His name's Connor Hellebuck. He, when you look at the stats, he is the best goalie of the last eight, eight years. And he ranked the his last eight years rank among some of the best goalie performances we've ever seen in an eight year span. Ever like mm -hmm. we are wasting um, a uh, a top goalie of his generation. We're wasting his career, and they don't have careers that necessarily go till into the mid thirties. Like the days of like Brodeur and Wah playing playing like madman to the thirties are, are gone. This is his prime and we've wasted it. Um, and we waste it every time we don't go after a big name to, uh, to really uh, solidify things. You can uh, uh, right now, this team, if they make it in the playoffs is just going to get crushed by somebody. Yep. They just are. Yeah. It's... Uh, I, I'm not really ex excited about seeing Colorado steamroll us. 
like they did to Nashville. Nashville still has a hangover for how badly Colorado beat them last year. Uh, I'm not really interested in seeing that um, in the playoffs at all. I'd rather them actually start to build a team um, from the, um, you know, from the backside out, which is where their strength is. Um, and as long as Rick Bonus is their coach, who was fired from a playoff team last year, let's be honest with who he is. Uh, I don't see uh, success on the horizon for this team. I, I think it's time for a pretty significant wholesale change. Yeah, I I think I would have to agree. And and it's very poignant what you say about wasting Hellebuck's prime years because it's so do you like I I can't even imagine what it would feel like to be an Oilers fan to be a Leafs fan to be you know all these the fan of a team that has constantly struggled with goaltending they're able to get scorers but they aren't able to get a save the save a save is one of the hardest things you can get in this league and the Jets have a guy who will constantly day in and day out show up and be the best player on the ice and they still can't do anything to help him and that's why and that's why i i even further am more frustrated with the lack of any acquisition this this off or this uh trade deadline is because the jets don't like the jets are fine defensively like i i, I the jets don't need another shutdown line like i i think they're fine defensively and for whatever they they lack defensively you have the best goalie in the league behind you the issue is no one can score why the the top six has been awful the jets had the lowest ranked or the lowest amount of 5v5 goals in all of february in the entire league this is a league that the anaheim ducks exist in like the Blackhawks who have done wholesale tanking, like they have tanked and tanked and tanked like we haven't seen since Bumf Buffalo in 2015. Uh, it's it's just an absolute joke where we're sitting right now. Like it's it's yeah. absolutely insane to come in. And it feels like I, I feel like I've had this conversation on this show so many times now, um, but it, it is getting to a point where you really need to go, OK, what is who is a core piece of this? franchise and you know how long are they going to be here how do we set them uh up for the most amount of success because at this point uh like you know we're at the trade deadline now the, the Jets still have a month out to try to figure things out before playoffs and who knows they might with you know pld coming back from injury they have the opportunity to get better but this is the point where now players on this team need to prove why they are one nhl players if they're in the bottom six or two, why they need to stay, why why the the GM should keep them. Like I, I like I, I just don't even know where to place the blame right now because I, the players don't show up with any emotion. the The coach is constantly making um, line changes that are like line combos I completely disagree with. The system as a whole, you know, I as much as you know we did see success and we were happy with it. This this system isn't made for a good team. The system is to prop up a bad team who can uh, absorb defensively what the other team throws at them. Oh, did oh, I lose? Oh, you again? No, 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 no. That was me. My my microphone keeps getting a little 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 jiggy. Anyway, it's not the point. Um, and then the the coach or the yeah yeah the coach like I said the the system with having you know the offense come through the defense I don't think is actually a great 
you know, way to, to get success in the league. And then above them, the GM isn't making any moves to to throw them a life raft. And and I don't even know if they deserve it. Like I I I am so we are so stuck in limbo, so much in this mushy middle where it's like who's even to blame? Like what's 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 wrong with this team? Like actually I I I can't answer this. And I don't think you can either, but I mean if you want to take yeah. a stab at it, but like hey. So I I have two points. I and we haven't said it yet. I think both the Nita Rider move and then the Mexico move are fine. They're perfectly yeah. okay moves. I have really no complaints about the price paid and the players. They're both like defensively responsible. They they do the thing they do. Um and like there isn't a lot of complexity with their game. Um I look at our top 12 forwards. Five of them are we got on waivers. Is that a way to build a team? Like, real, like, and that, like, I wish that was a joke. It's not. Five of our top 12 forwards are, we got off waivers. It's just not a way to build a team with any depth. Um, because they have the horses up front to score under the right, in the right system. Um, they just don't have, uh, any depth to go along with that. They just don't have a superstar like McDavid or Dreisaitl that will carry you through, that are just going to dominate so thoroughly up front. They need to have a bunch of people scoring uh, up and down the lineup to give balance to this team. It was that way in 17-18 when, and when Andrew and, Kopp was, get, and was earlier kicking in, season, in 10 when, goals. Yeah, and earlier in the season when they were having success, it was when you know, Lowry was scoring uh, a ton. Uh, who else? Yeah. Jeez, there were a bunch of guys in the bottom six who were scoring. Sam yeah, Gagne. like Tanev was scoring. Tan- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, like back in the day. Uh, oh, yeah, but, I, but you know, but, people were making fun of the JVR deal because, uh, like, potential deal because he has nine goals, and that's you know that's not very good for somebody who's known for scoring goals. That'd be fifth on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Fifth. Yeah, uh, it shows we have no middle scoring. Like we have a bunch of guys that score a, a ton of goals. Like Shifley and Connor, they're both getting theirs. Um, and then we have no one that's going to chip in like a good 10 goals. But we're going to have like four or five people that have 10 goal seasons. But I also I also think that it's just like I can't even I can't even rest on the top end of our roster because half, half of the games, they're they're non-existent. They're not there. Like tonight, no. I, I can't think of a good play that I saw. Blake Wheeler make. I can't think of a good play that I, I saw even Connor. Con- I have a Connor. hard time getting mad at Blake. Blake Wheeler. He's just cooked. Like he's yeah. just not the player he was. Like I don't. I can't get mad at a guy who gets caught by age. I'm not. I'm um, not. To be clear, I'm not getting. And I don't think that you're saying this. Yeah. But just to be clear, I'm not getting mad at him. I'm just getting mad at his usage. Like it just doesn't make sense yeah. why he is. You know, among the top uh in in ice time and it's 2023 he's 36 years old like he has lost a step it's just the reality of the situation but i don't don't know i I think the message to your team is uh mark shifley do you want to make more than six million dollars well you better start playing like it uh pierre jabot we're secret in the league that you're going to montreal next year well are you gonna are you gonna earn some of that money nikolai ehlers Widely regarded as one of the best wingers uh, in Canada. Is he playing like it? I, w- I would say not. Um, even though I love how he's yep. been 
playing in certain aspects. He's still not playing. He's shooting 6%. Like he's not Nikolai Ehlers uh, of old. I think there's all these people that you're, um, that that's the conversation with. Uh, Connor Hellbuck might be one of the more underplay, underpaid players in this league. He makes $6 million for one of the best goalies of our generation. Um, There are all these people that I think your message to them isn't about winning. It is about playing for themselves uh, in their next contract because they're outside of Blake Wheeler. Most of them are underpaid um, for the production they can bring, and they're just not showing it. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. But also you need to also, you know, instill in them that not only are you playing for yourselves, but you're playing for your the guys around you. Like I I know that the the, the guys on this team like each other. So like it's you got to you got to play for more than just yourself. You got to play for this team. You got to put in a goddamn effort. Um just I just want to let you know I am going to lose you right away on Zoom. Um so I will ask you, do you have any final thoughts here? to mention uh any like silver linings anything like that uh or whatever take it away i would just say like entering the year i thought this was going to be a bubble team and uh we are really bubbling right now um and uh if it wasn't for calgary being you know bad too i i would um i would feel pretty squarely on the bubble and Mm -hmm. that's who we are um, it's really unsatisfying to be mediocre for a long period of time. And that's why I think we need to uh, just have a wholesale change across the team. And and I think regardless, the Jets just need to commit uh, to something because it felt like they committed yeah. to running it back this year. It felt like they committed to to giving a good swing. And here we sit with Nino Niederreiter and Vlad Nemeskov, which again, as you said, find deals on their own in a vacuum, but just not enough, not enough uh, needle moving. Um, I am going to lose you right away. So thank you, Kishore, for joining me. Uh, I will be wrapping up the stream here uh, very shortly. I'm sorry that this was a very negative show, but I mean, hey, what are we supposed to do? This team stinks, Uh, but they're going to get to stink again tomorrow or maybe not. Uh, We'll see how the Jets respond uh, in the second half of their back-to-back. And there goes Kishore. Uh, Again, thank you so much to him for joining me. Um, But this was a very tough night. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, it is a game day tomorrow, so I will be seeing you all again tomorrow. It, it, you know, despite how bad the game went, this was still a lot of fun. Uh, Kishore is one of the best. Uh, go give him a follow on uh, on Twitter at Science Quiche. Uh, follow myself at NHL Chunky. Follow Liss at Liss Hood. Uh, follow at SDP and Sports. Uh, I did a. Uh, I was a part of the the uh, SDP uh, game over trade deadline edition. Um, all the markets got together. We did some talking about. You know all the different teams, how they went. Some a lot of banter back and forth. It was a lot of fun. Um, I spoke on the Jets being kind of in limbo, uh, based on the way that they did their you know their trades this year, as well as uh, I got to talk you know from a Jets perspective, being a part of a contenders table, uh, and you know tonight definitely puts that one in a lot more question. Uh, but you know there is potential for the team to do better in the future. This is still the same team that we saw in december that was winning a bunch of games so who knows there's still a month left on this season uh still some time for them to figure it out i don't think that uh it's going to happen anytime soon but they got to put the effort in and see what can happen uh before they get to the playoffs anyways long outro i always do long ones i'm never able to end it uh but like i said thanks again for joining us uh we'll be back here tomorrow night please like the stream and have yourselves a uh, a wonderful evening Our 
powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.